Welcome to BrainStuff, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, BrainStuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. Let's say you're on board the Mayflower, kicking back with your fellow separatists. Over pints of beer, you and the other voyagers marvel at the bad luck that's befallen your trip thus far. One of your ships sprang a leak not long after you left England, and by the time everyone had moved to the remaining ship, the sturdy Mayflower, it was well into storm season. Rough seas delayed your journey even more, and some two months later, just as you catch your first glimpse of a new continent, you find that November is the worst time to arrive and begin planting new crops. To make matters worse, your ship actually needs to keep sailing south because the bit of land you've spied isn't even the tract that your group is authorized to colonize. It has not been a good year, 1620. And it's about to get worse. You catch wind of news so terrible it makes you shiver in your breeches. The ship's stores of beer have dwindled. You're running out of the good stuff. Shortly thereafter, the captain makes a quick decision. Latitude be darned. It's time to dock this ship and canvas new land. The passengers and their servants can seek out new water, hopefully to make more beer. Meanwhile, the crew will remain on the moored vessel, reserving the remaining beer for themselves. It may sound difficult to believe, but this fractured bit of history, gleaned from those aboard the Mayflower who recorded their experiences, is rooted in truth. With the beer supply running low, the Mayflower captain decided to land at Plymouth Rock rather than sailing further south and winter there. That would cut off the supply of beer to the passengers and leave more for the crew and make history. Beer, it seems, is the United States' founding beverage. So much so that one passenger, William Bradford, complained that he and other passengers were hastened ashore and made to drink water, that the seamen might have more beer. And even though the pilgrims discovered clean streams ashore, they were suspicious of the New World liquid and not altogether fond of its taste. As one colonist wrote, I dare not prefer it before good beer. It seems the long voyage that had made beer consumption a necessity would have a long-term effect giving pilgrims quite a penchant for a good brew. It turns out, to those aboard the Mayflower, beer had become an essential part of daily life. Even the children drank beer. Almost all of the beers consumed, though, were probably weaker versions of what we experience as beer today. Ship beer kept for sailors' daily rations did not have high alcohol content. And the small beer, of which passengers drank a quart per day, might have been even weaker, clocking in at under 3% alcohol by volume tops, and often even lower, down to less than 1%. For contrast, most beers on the market today contain something over 4% alcohol by volume. And that's because these brews weren't crafted with an eye toward getting tipsy. They were actually a workaround to storing water on board the ship. Stored for long periods of time, a ship's water would become contaminated, a germy affair. Beer, on the other hand, could more often be stored and ingested for weeks and months without getting anyone sick, making it a more ideal beverage for a lengthy journey. Though no promises would taste as good a few months in, even when there was enough to go around. Today's episode was written by L'Oreal Dove and produced by Tyler Klang. For more on this and lots of other barmy topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. BrainStuff is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Listener.